You're listening to Sobriety with Ari Eastman. Hey, that's me. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Sobriety with me, Ari Eastman. Ari, which is kind of hard to say. Ari, because it's, you know, repeating. So when I. Whenever I would be like, say, for whatever reason, if there's a like situation where I have to say my first name and my the first initial of my last name, I always have to take a super deliberate pause. It's like, Ari, E, because otherwise it just it doesn't sound great. And my mom was like, well, you know, we named you Ariel. So when we, you know, did the whole practice saying her full name, Ariel Eastman. It just rolled off the tongue. And then she's like, and then you just went ahead and renamed yourself Ari. And yeah, now you're running into the Ari-man problem. So um, I did it to myself. But um, here we are. I took two weeks off and I appreciate the patience. Um, As I'm sure most of you guys know, I have a full-time job. This um, podcast is purely a passion project and something that I do in my own free time and I finance myself and um, I was just kind of feeling run down and um, I've been really burnt out not on the podcast but just burnt out in life and it feels like this spring has been difficult for a lot of people. I have no uh, evidence or facts to really back this up but I've been thinking like I wonder if there's like a collective trauma response around March and April that people are now having from the pandemic and maybe that first year we were still, I don't know, adjusting or in shock or denial or or whatever and that maybe like two years in this is, I don't know, eliciting anxiety in people. Because I, I'll be honest, I felt like I took the pandemic in, um, I felt like I handled it pretty well because I was very lucky. None of my loved ones were affected. My job wasn't really affected. Um, very little about my life changed except for the fact that there was a while where I wasn't really going home. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I was sober, so I wasn't really like, going out to bars. I'm much more of a homebody. And my kind of preferred living existence is just like staying at home on the couch and watching TV. And so I felt like if I was just only thinking about myself, if I I was having a very selfish reaction to it, like aside from sort of the collective pain and seeing all of the kind of horrific stuff that was just happening to so many people, my singular experience Not too much changed for me, so I felt like I wasn't that affected by it. Um, But I know that that's also kind of silly to say, because there's no way even the most privileged person who didn't feel like they lost anything from it, there's just no way you can experience this huge, like, historic, global panic and shift. And even just, like, I remember how absolutely bizarre and sort of like ghost townish it felt those first couple weeks when you would go for walks and there were no cars on the street and you would see someone you know across the way in their mask and we were all walking really far away from each other and it was just 
very eerie and kind of haunting. So yeah, I'm sure there has to be some sort of like collective trauma response that some of us are maybe feeling in the springtime, even if we're not aware of it. And I've always had like weird shit around spring. I don't know why. Like my dad died in October, so it's not that. I mean, my dad's birthday is in March. But wouldn't it make more sense for me to feel like sad around his death day rather than his birthday? But I mean, whatever, I digress. The point is, I've never felt great during spring. I always get kind of like a little bit of depression. It's like the sun comes back out and I'm like, ooh, I feel sad again. Uh, But I heard somebody commented on a TikTok of mine and said that seasonal depression is not always just related to whether it's like sunny or light outside because we tend to associate it with you get sad when it gets dark earlier and colder and so we're thinking about like fall and winter and again I live in California so our seasons are really not that dramatic like they're really not that different from each other so anyway I I got this comment that said I had a psychologist tell me seasonal just means that it always worsens at a certain time of the year, and a lot of people get it in the summer, kind of like your emotional regulation has its own set of seasons. And I thought that was really interesting because, yeah, I'm always like, I have opposite seasonal depression. I mean, I mean, listen, I have just normal depression, too. I just have, like, normal clinical depression that, you know, comes and goes, um, and sometimes it remains through the seasons. Uh, but, yeah, I have always been like, It's weird that I get, I feel like I get kind of like a flare up, for lack of a better term, of depression and anxiety in the springtime. And I thought that was interesting that like it can have its own set of seasons, according to this TikTok comment, you know, again. Uh, I'm no therapist. I'm no scientist. I'm no expert. I'm no professional. I'm just here, you know. And honestly, I feel like my... I feel like my depression on a whole has been, because it's been so much better than it was when I was drinking, like it was so bad when I was drinking and I was so low and I was so empty all the time that now when I have even my little like moderate flare-ups, my little medium depression moments, they just feel still so much more manageable that I, I think I have a hard time almost like acknowledging when I'm like entering a depressive episode because they were so severe for so long and then obviously the more I drank and the longer that my drinking uh, was occurring the worse they got so you know being overall still sort of like early in recovery if you think about like the the entirety of my life you know two and a half years it's still very manageable (laughs) But a few weeks ago, I got hit with such severe anxiety that really felt out of nowhere. And I mean, that's the thing with generalized anxiety disorder, especially as a kid. For me, when it was really bad, it was really bad when I was a child and it was bad as a teenager. And, you know, that that's the thing that's so annoying about it is that it does feel like it comes out of nowhere and there aren't things you can pinpoint. And you have to, you know, remind yourself or convince yourself that this is your anxiety speaking and not your intuition. And um, it it's hard, right, to feel like you can distinguish between the two. And I just, all week, uh, a couple weeks ago, all week, I was absolutely positive that I was going to be fired. I was like so positive. I hadn't done anything, 
But I think also, weirdly, this like leftover trauma that I have from the drinking, I would do things when I was drinking and I didn't remember doing them. And I would wake up and I would have this anxiety. And it was an anxiety of like chemically what alcohol was doing to me. And it was an anxiety of I don't know what I did last night. I don't know what I said. Uh, I have like half of a memory from going somewhere. How did I get home? Like who did I talk to? And it makes you feel it makes you feel crazy quite honestly you know and because you're like you can't like pinpoint what you were doing or who you were and that causes such a feeling of uneasiness and unrest and just like anxiety so in that sense a lot of that anxiety when I was drinking I was kind of like doing to myself and worsening and there were plenty of times where I did do things where there should have been consequences. Um, you know, I, whatever, like I did, I did things. I talked to people. I lied. I you know, would, I would do, again, they were never so, so big. They were never like, um, I don't know. I, you know, I never like stole from anybody. I never did anything super crazy. But you tell, you start to tell so many little lies when you are in active addiction and big lies too and they and then lies to cover the lies and you know like I would tell my boyfriend that I was at home when I actually went to a bar and you know I got fucked up and oh tell someone I'm not drinking tonight but then I would go on IG live and I would clearly be fucked up and then you know someone calls you on it and you're like no I was on allergy medication you know it's just like all these lies start to spiral and you can't even keep up with what's true anymore and and partly you don't even know what's true because drinking makes you forget shit so and I've said this before like so often I would just lie by accident because someone would be like oh you said this last night and I would be adamant that I didn't because I didn't remember saying it So I still have these unresolved feelings of shame from that. And sometimes I wonder if they will always come back a little bit because it's just like I did it for so long and it's kind of just like there. I'm sure I have memory like repressed, not even repressed, just straight up memories my hippocampus like couldn't store because of the alcohol. So... Now, when I get these feelings of anxiety that seemingly come out of nowhere, because again, that is how anxiety works sometimes, you just, you get anxious over nothing. I have in the back of my mind, I must have done something. I must have said something. I must have, some. I did something last night that I can't remember, even though I know I just went to bed, I'm sober, there's no way, unless I started sleep, unless... Unless, you know, some weird sleep paralysis, sleepwalking shit has started occurring and I'm not aware of it, in which case maybe I should set up cameras in my room to see. But it's that feeling of like not trusting myself. And so when I had this, I had this horrible anxiety like that I was going to get fired. And then when, you know, that didn't happen, then I started feeling like, oh, I'm going to get like hit by a car or I'm going to, you know, get a phone call that something bad happened, something bad's going to happen. And I just, it's... And anyone with anxiety knows that. It's just this like all-consuming feeling and you can't point to it. And you're just like something bad is going to happen. And luckily, you know, nothing did. And 
it was just my anxiety. Was it intuition? No, it was just anxiety and it passed and I'm glad that it passed, but it can really fuck you up. And um, because especially too, as women, I do think we have like these gut feelings that are important to listen to. You know, like we have a feeling about a guy, right? That's a gut feeling. I've really never been wrong when I've had a gut feeling about a guy. You know, like there's like a subtle shift in the way he texts you and your gut says, oh, he is dating someone else now. And then you're right. (laughs) And it's like so hard to distinguish between those like gut feelings that exist for safety and then anxiety that just spirals and it's like out of nowhere. And so, you know, I had, yeah, I had a really rough week where I just every day I felt like kind of consumed with stuff. And um, thankfully it has passed. And I think it's a good reminder to me that I just have to take everything in my life one day at a time. Like that's a really great, and that's a great philosophy, whether you are sober, in recovery, whatever, to just take it day by day. And I don't think for some people looking at the positive and looking ahead and and trying to find that, I don't know, silver lining is helpful for me. Sometimes it is, but I'm going to be honest with you, so much of the time, it's just like getting through it. It's just acknowledging that I feel horrible and maybe like I don't know doing little things that might make me feel better but also just like telling myself you're gonna get through it and just just exist in the moment and just get through it because yeah tomorrow might be better tomorrow might be worse who who fucking knows but just kind of taking it day by day and being like I feel this way today but I'm gonna go to sleep and tomorrow I get to check back in and we'll see we'll reassess how things are going then. And I also think it's like really important to be able to check in when you are feeling burnt out. I think the anxiety that I was experiencing, um, which listen, there are things in my life that I can point to as to why I've been extra anxious. And then you combine that with just other shit. And then all of a sudden you've created all these scenarios. Like when, you know how they say when you assume you make an ass out of you and me, it's the worst thing you can do when you just assume things. Oh, someone didn't put an exclamation point on the end of the email. Oh, well, that means that they have been thinking about how I suck and they hate me and I'm going to lose all my money and uh, I'm going to end up having to move back home. You know, it's like we spiral. We spiral and we make up these false Uh, narratives we create these stories that are literally not real and I've done that with friendships too I'm like whoa why didn't this person text me oh they don't want to be my friend anymore whatever you made that up that's in your brain that is not a true story until somebody actually says hey I don't want to be your friend anymore you have created that up you have read into situations and I'm trying really hard not to do that and to just focus on like Here's what I know is real, what people tell me, what people tell me and like, you know, believe what people tell you, right? I think that that's an important thing too, is that we can get like so anxious when we're like, well, they said this, but like, you know, I actually think maybe they meant this. Take what people say at face value and listen to it. And if they end up fucking you over, they lie to you, that sucks. And like, you'll learn a lesson from it, but You don't need to add all this extra anxiety trying to like decode a secret message. Just listen to what people say and just take it at face value. But yeah, I mean, listen, I think that I I feel like I have been in this metamorphosis ever since getting sober these two and a half years. And once I got past that beginning stage where it was just 
you know, creating a new habit, like creating new pathways in my brain, like retraining myself, like just like fighting through that first phase of active addiction and getting to a better place. Once I got to that better place, so many things became easier and second nature and lighter and joyous, you know, that pink cloud. And um, I think it's it's been important for me to remember that life is going to happen again, you know, like in these two and a half years, I'm starting to have uh, you know, my other mental health stuff kind of pop back in, like like those like that that week of anxiety and you know depression and kind of you know looking at my patterns and the things in my life and that they exist, right? Whether or not I'm drinking, whether or not I'm using a substance to get me through it, whether or not I am, you know, like checking in all the time. These things are just going to happen, and that expecting any sort of perfect recovery. Like just because I've chosen recovery and I choose recovery every day doesn't mean my life becomes perfect or beautiful all the time or that I'm not sad or that I'm not that there's not heaviness or darkness or times that like I just want to check out. That shit is all there and it's going to exist and that is really part of recovery is getting through that shit and not fully checking out with like a substance. Listen, I still check out, like, I watch a lot of TV. I do, we cannot live a vice-free life. But yeah, recovery is, I don't know, it's, for me, it's been, like, acknowledging that it's not going to be a constant state of happiness that I chose recovery even. Because there are going to be days and moments and weeks and whatever where, Where sobriety is not even something I'm thinking about, right? Like, this is just who I am. And I struggled as a kid as well with other things, you know, like way before I ever drank. And so the idea that just because now I don't drink, everything's solved is just not true. And allowing myself that and reminding myself that sobriety is still the best thing I've ever done for myself, but it's not like it doesn't fix everything. And I should never expect it to, and I don't expect it to. So, you know, I just took a couple weeks off because I just felt really anxious and burnt out, and I wanted to kind of think about why that was and and figure out some healthy ways through it, and also to just let myself get through it and to not, you know, always get through it in the perfect way, but just to get through it. And so if you are struggling, getting through it does not have to be you know fucking social media worthy you didn't have to like perfectly journal and go to yoga and do all this shit and be like oh this was the amazing thing I discovered through that that horrible time sometimes you just get through it and that is an accomplishment and that is something that you should be proud of and then you know when a better day comes enjoy it but I'm feeling better I'm feeling better um I'm looking forward to the summer like it's not going to be hot girl summer for me because again I don't think I've ever had a hot girl summer (sighs) like even when I was really when I was younger and I was like you know much more flirty and I was like ooh, sexual attention Um, (laughs) because that's what I would do right you know I would just walk out there and go who's gonna give me some sexual attention today Um, 
yeah, I've just never had a hot girl summer because it's just, you know, it's just not my thing. I don't really like the beach. I don't really like to go out. Even when I did, the, the anxiety of it all, it's not for me. It's not for me. So instead of hot girl summer, I raise you paid content creation summer. <laughs> that is what I'm manifesting. I'm putting out there into the world that I want to like work with brands that, you know, I believe in and, you know, we align. But I, I want to start micro-influencing, baby. I want to start people. I see people getting like paid to create content and I've been out here creating content for free and I would like a couple dollars in, you know, I would like a couple dollars for this content creation. That's going to be, that's what I'm manifesting for the summer. I'm, it's not hot girl summer. It's, it's, it's um additional income summer <laughs> where I would like to, uh, what do they always say? Like diversify my portfolio. Uh, I would like to, yeah, like dip my toes into content, create paid content creation, work with some brands, continue podcasting stuff, do some collaborations. Like that's what I kind of want to do. Because yes, I think sometimes when anything becomes a job, like there's added um, annoyance to it, right? Like anytime you take a hobby or a passion or an art and then you get paid for it, it does change the relationship dynamic. But I'm also like, I create so much content and it would be nice to occasionally work with some brands and be like, oh, hey, would you like to use this? Cool. You want to pay me? Nice. Handshake. Pleasure doing business with you. So that's that's what we're putting out there. Feel free to join me in additional income summer. <laughs> and on that note, you know what time it is. It's something that made me happy this week. It's my pink. I saw the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once and it was one of the most like unique films I think I've ever seen. Like I'm still thinking about it and thinking about like just the creation of it and I was telling my mom because I was like oh I think you and my stepdad and my and my sister would really like it you guys should go see it and I was trying to like explain it and think about how to explain it and I sort of like was struggling to and it's just so rare these days that I have a cinematic experience or even a television experience where I walk away from it going like that was so unique because especially we're in like reboot culture and like you know, whatever, like some, I get it, reboots, nostalgia, it's a moneymaker. But it's so nice when you just have something that you're like, whoa, that was just like so interesting and different. And um, I would highly recommend people to go see it. I thought it was a really, I thought it was, like I said, I'm like, it was such a unique film. And um, I'm that annoying person too, that whenever I'm watching something, I'm always like, oh, the brother is gonna be the the killer or oh I bet that guy and that girl are gonna get together later like I am that annoying person that just two seconds into a film I'm like predicting the plot line and the storyline and I'm sure that's not that fun for people but this was a film where I just was watching it and I was just immersed in it and I wasn't trying to figure it out and that's really cool when a piece of art can just grab you and just take you into 
a world with it. And um, yeah, so I would really, I would really recommend people to go experience it because like I said, I like, can't even really, I can't even really describe it. It's like very genre blending. And yeah, I just, I recommend checking it out. Well, on that note, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Sobriety with me, Mariah Carey, and um, otherwise known as Ari Eastman. Um, And uh, as always, it's super appreciated if you could leave a a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps helps people like recognize the validity of the podcast and where it is in the Apple charts or uh, honestly I don't know if any of that's true I just hear all the other podcasts say it so I figured that um I should just uh mimic them you know what I mean (laughs) um I'm nothing if not a follower baby uh yeah but thank you so much and uh I am gonna talk to you next week all right bye everyone (laughs) 